Hello. Welcome to the Gentle Rebel podcast. Here we're all about playing with ways to navigate life's harsher edges with a spirit of compassionate creativity. I'm Andy Mortimer, sound artist, songwriter and slow coach, and I love poking and unpeeling the potential of gentleness in everyday life. Gentleness that stands with a firm back and a soft front, courageous and aware, patient and abundant, not forcing what needs to grow or rushing the things that require time. And I want to share a story that encapsulates this perfectly. I want to tell you about a friend of mine. It was 10.01am on Wednesday the 23rd of July 2014 when Tula first popped up in my email inbox. The Sheep Dressed Like Wolves Members Haven had been live uh, for a month. I'd added a membership area to the website. Very little idea of what I was doing. (laughs) Very little thought on how it would uh, kind of pan out or look in the long term. I just thought it'd be cool to have a private place, a space away from the prying eyes of social media, uh, somewhere for introverted, sensitive people uh, to gather and explore challenges, dreams, creative potentials and projects and all that kind of stuff. Um, It was primitive, but it was a start. Little did I know this beautifully to the point email (laughs) that was there sitting in my inbox at 10.01am that morning would be the beginning of a beautiful friendship and it would spawn countless creative collaborations an adventure for me with Tula and her husband Timo in Lapland uh, in 2022 and what's become a real partnership in the haven that I'm just so grateful for and I've been so thankful for over the years. Tula introduced herself as a collector of good sources for highly sensitive people in Finland. She was looking for more stuff at the time that she could publish on her website and share through social media and also pass on to the National HSP Association. She wanted to uh, join the Members Haven, the Sheep Dressed Like Wolves Members Haven as it was then, uh, and um, introduce it to the tribe. So she was, uh, she was gathering information. And I'm not sure she knows it, but I felt a bit scared. Um, No, a lot scared about, um, not about her, but (laughs) about uh, the fact there was an association and she was looking for good sources. uh, And I was like, she must be looking at the wrong person here. This is the wrong website. Um, But she joined the Haven um, and well, no, again, she she tried to join, kind of sparked the first of uh, many, many exchanges over the years about why things <laughs> are not working the way they're supposed to uh, on my websites. Uh, but yeah, eventually, after a, a few emails back and forth, we did manage to get her account sorted and set up. And the amazing thing is she's stuck around ever since. And I even got to go meet uh, the association in Oulu, Finland in 2018, which is when I first met Tula in person as well. Uh, did a couple of workshops and a, a live gig, a very memorable trip. It was an amazing treat um, and, yeah, really significant for me. 
especially given what was going on in my life at the time, it was, it was just a perfect little uh, moment. So uh, I'll be forever grateful to Tula for making that happen and for the HSP Association of Finland, uh, which wasn't as scary as it sounded. And I definitely didn't know at the time, but looking back, that email was a hilarious and appropriate introduction to what um, has really developed into hundreds of, of message threads with Tula and her Hawkeye, helping me clean up and iron out and simplify things on the many projects and web pages uh, that I've been creating and building over the years. And I've learned so much from her firm back, soft front, gentle spirit and ability to hold safety and acceptance in spaces, both online and in person. So what do I want to tell you about Tula? No, I don't want to just tell you about her. I want to introduce her to you, partly because she's been such a key figure around here and I've never formally introduced you guys before. So I thought it'd be nice to do that. But also because I want to share something unique and wonderful that she uh, created. And we've been working over the past couple of years to bring it to life inside the Haven too. As well as being a fantastic human being, Tula is a photographer with a particular uh, interest in macro photography and an amazing eye for getting close and taking pictures of the unseen and hard to spot parts of the world. If you've seen the covers for the singles that I've released um, in 2022, 2023, you'll have seen her macro ice photography I spent time in Finland, as I said, with uh, with Tula and her husband Timo last year and got to see the process that she uses to create these mysterious and magical worlds uh, in the ice uh, firsthand. Seeing her sort of crawl around on all fours trying to find the perfect angle uh, to take a picture of, of ice, of uh, auroras, of anything really is quite hilarious and a joy to behold. So I've wanted to... Uh, yeah, have a conversation with Tula for a long time about photography and creativity and uh, the way that all that stuff kind of mixes together in her mental well-being and her story of uh, burnout recovery and and all that kind of stuff and how that's uh, manifested into uh, photo yoga for the mind. Um, so we began our conversation talking about uh, like inspiration, sources of inspiration in kind of setting that spark in motion when it comes to uh, the interest in photography, where did that originally come from for her? And then what began to draw her closer to the subject she shoots through the macro uh, lens? I realised I was probably eight or nine when my father finally let me touch his camera. His treasure, he had bought it when he was a teenager and he had saved money to get it and that, that's, that was a big thing for me. Was your father's camera, was that something that you grew up looking at and always kind of idolising? Yeah, yeah, and maybe because you... You, I couldn't touch it. Yeah, it was off limits. <laughs> it was, it was uh, like this sacred object. Precious. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he tried to <laughs> teach me how to use it, but he made it so complicated that 
I couldn't take in anything. So I asked my mother to take me to a camera shop and ask simple advice how to use this camera. And I, they were really nice. I remember that. And they wrote a small piece, small note, very simple rules. And I used that many, many years. So I didn't have any um, uh, artistic ambition <laughs> to, to use all the possibilities of that camera. Like uh, uh, different apertures or ISOs or they're just fixed. Two things are always fixed and then only change one of them. I just wanted to take photos. I just love how objects have this magical, almost sacred quality when we're kids, maybe when we're older as well. I remember feeling in awe of the drum kit when I was a kid. Anytime I saw one, it made my tummy do weird twirls. Uh, There's just something about the way they look, the glisten, um, the sparkle off the symbols, the curve of the wood, craftsmanship, creative possibility. I could just sort of stare at a snare drum for hours and just get lost in magical wonderment about it. There's something about drums that, yeah, I was, I was smitten, shall we say. So that, that was the beginning. There wasn't a lot of photos then because I didn't have that much pocket money to buy films or develop those photos. But I remember uh, how I had that camera hanging around my neck and it was so long that when I walked, it bounced to my <laughs> legs and it was hurt. But I was so proud to have that camera. camera is a wonderful social tool that is used by many people that I know to make stimulating situations easier to manage. On the one hand, you know, seeing the world through a lens gives you a sense of control over what it is that you're seeing, what it is that you can take in through that frame. And on the other, it kind of provides a a bit of a bridge between us, something we can spend time, um, you know, playing with or or talking about, um, that central bridge of conversation so that not all the pressure is on small talk and on you know trying to clamber around to find something to talk about in a social situation and if you don't want to talk you can just sort of hide behind the camera and I know a lot of people who use it in that way and um, that's a really kind of meaningful 
thing. And it, often it's that 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 starting point as well. Knowing, okay, I'm going to have my camera with me means that you know I, I'm not overwhelmed by uh, the launch into that situation. And then the the guard can come down sort of as time goes on within this place. Yeah, what is it about photography in particular that resonates with you? I, I think in general it is something to uh, enter in a safe, tranquil bubble, my own thing. I can choose what I look and actually see what I'm looking at and crop out things that are too much and kind of perfect disguise to do my own thing and blend into the background and well sometimes that doesn't happen if I'm on my or how do you say it when you're crawling on yeah. <laughs> when you're on all <laughs> fours and... <laughs> yeah. yeah 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 but uh, it serves me well as a introvert sponge usually taking so so much sensory data and i and there is uh two sides uh or two ways how i do that that's uh, documenting happenings I've always been the one who has the camera yeah. with me with, with going to trips with my friends or things like that. And I always put together funny albums with uh, speech bubbles or <laughs> slideshows or things like that. So they are more like... Uh, little stories or travel journals or things like that and also important for me to go back and actually see more things that I saw mm -hmm. when it all happened I I usually am really present when I'm photographing but as I say, uh, said earlier I can't take in everything in the moment so it's really nice to go back and play with those photos and and remember yeah. and the other part is my passion for macro photos specialized photos where that's uh more like the can i say the mystic side of me about Yeah, the mystics sound mm. in me. Yeah. It's the other, the documentary sounds like really serious, but for me, it's often funny, documenting funny and weird stuff. Mm -hmm. Sort of creating the stories around yeah. what's happening around you in the. Yeah. Yeah. So when did the, when did the macro sort of passion take hold? 
2016, I think it was. That's so relatively yeah. recently. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And what what how what started that? <laughs> uh first ones were actually I don't know what they are called in English. It's like the little I don't know, little things growing on a tree stump. Like really, really weird weird like sort of fungusy things. type thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Something like that. Right. Yeah, and uh, taking those photos, they actually, they, I start from started from the top <laughs> because I I took those photos and um, shared them in Facebook in a macro photo group and the you call it chief editor of Finnish camera uh, magazine saw them and said that wow. he had never seen things like that oh, wow. i want to i want to make an article <laughs> for you so there was a what was three page or four page article in that highly respected <laughs> camera magazine <laughs> so, yeah just from your sort of being drawn to see funny things on trees yeah <laughs> and take really close up photos of yeah yeah and they they were they were the first, even the first ones they were really dark and mystic and mm. like from Mordor. yeah that's what i love you you kind of capture new worlds in the you get so close that there's just it opens up like yeah that the micro world like this this whole universe that lays beyond our kind of i guess initial sight um yeah yeah was that something that you you kind of you were drew, drawn to almost immediately as soon as you started doing that was, yes yeah 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 what goes on inside you when you're say that original discovery of like oh this is new this is different like, yeah, what does that do within? It isn't a new world. And it kind of tickles my imagination and and which is a weird place. <laughs> and goes to weird places. I think it, it is that. But it, it and it is easier to mm, make those photos um, have that mystic sound which is so important for me and important that's not the right word but it is me it's like you have a bridge between that imagination that in inner world and this way of capturing the world out there and it's yeah uh, yeah, that Which really is, comes across in in the ice photography. It's like, yeah, yes, this is Tula's mind here. <laughs> yeah, 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 and, and something that it isn't usually seen. Mm, yeah, people don't see see that.
I love the worlds that Tula creates. That's why there feels like a naturally perfect link between her ice photos and, and my music. She uses the word sound to describe what she experiences at this mystical level of photography and talks about the part that music actually plays during her creative and editing process at times. A lot of happens when I listen music, when I do the post-processing and sometimes when I take photos at night in darkness with a couple of headlamps and those little chunks of eyes yeah. and see those worlds. And so I, when I listen to music then well, it is uh, usually your music because <laughs> I <laughs> I can feel the same energy and that mm. bittersweet, mystic clueiness like I explain. Try to try to explain. <laughs> yeah. But they somehow that music uh brings my photos alive because they are still photos. But then it helps kind of bring the emotion or the world I see in them alive. So thank you for your music. It's, it, it, they do just work so nicely together. They, there is a, as you say, that similar energy that often, yeah, just complements. And it, it's kind of bringing those different mediums together is such a powerful thing as well. So, yeah, thank you for your, uh, for your photos. <laughs> a great combo. <laughs> yeah. Oh, welcome. So that's. Let's see the other side of me, but the other one is those funny, weird. And I think that's stories. <laughs> it's such an interesting, and I think you you come across that so often. Like people who might have a a like a creative a creative process or way of expressing themselves that comes across fairly dark and mystical and and all of that stuff. But there's usually some somewhere along the line where they have a an outlet of of humor and lightness and and actually that's a really important part of that oscillation between those things and it and it yeah. enhances the ability to like I certainly find that with music like it I I can't spend all of my time in a in a very heavy dark place but like my natural sound is is does explore those realms but then you need the yeah, you need the laughter and the humour and the and the playfulness in other areas. Um, yeah. Yeah. I really could talk about this stuff all day long. I'm fascinated by the way creativity infuses life and life gives rise to creative processes and processing. It's a perfect time to move the conversation to a really special project that Tula 
has been developing over the past six or seven years. Uh, I mentioned it before, it's called Photo Yoga for the Mind and it's a seven-week course that brings together photography, gentle movement and self-reflection in a way that really reflects Tula's experience, her wisdom and her unique way of seeing and playing with the world around her. It was 2017, I was uh, recovering from burnout and I already had a couple of online courses uh, for HSPs and kind of saw the need for a playful or an accidentally creative approach to get to know ourselves, to process things. Because we often have or have or hoard too much information and knowledge and a lot of self-help help stuff. And we think, think, think and talk, talk, talk. But we get stuck to that overwhelm. So we started to talk about this with my friend who is a photographer and psychoanalyst how do you say that psycho not psychoanalyst a therapist psychotherapist psychotherapist Therap- yeah. yeah and i had these ideas in my head to use photography somehow to this because photography has helped me to get my butt out of the sofa and go out and take some photos and, and somehow express myself in that situation and she had the same kind of thoughts and and we started to think how to how to make this happen and things spiraled like you said <laughs> <laughs> things often spiral <laughs> yeah oh that's great so it's kind of like a yeah, I like that the term accidental creative sort of thing where especially as you say for a lot of HSPs, uh, highly sensitive people and and kind of introverted people will do a lot of ruminating, a lot of research and then it's all head knowledge. Um yeah. and so sort of bringing that to a practical creative uh environment or or process just yeah, kind of changes your orientation towards it slightly um yeah yeah that's really interesting yeah it wasn't uh planned or made especially for hsps but it suits so well mm-hmm. so that most of the participants have been hsps or introverts The course blends prompts that encourage participants to engage with some playful creativity and gently stretch their comfort zones 
we didn't actually talk about that link between stretching in that sense and photography yoga. <laughs> it just occurred to me. Uh, but I was interested to know, uh, you know, what surprised Tula when it comes to people's readiness to engage with the course? Uh, I mean, you never know with these kinds of things how people are going to receive uh, something like this. Uh, you might have an idea in your head, but then uh, it sounds very different when it comes out of your mind and lands in the ears and the eyes of another human. And you're like, oh, that that sounded different when I was planning that or when I was creating that. And I think it's testament to the spirit of the course itself that people really feel safe and comfortable to go to places that they might otherwise be tentative uh, about going to. It was mostly how ready and open people were actually to dive in and reveal things when someone is seeing, hearing them and how usually from the first from the from the first prompt from the first week they somehow feel safe enough to share also vulnerable things mm. and every every single group has been very supportive and accepting and and we have noticed that we are not alone with this stuff people experience same kind of things and someone has said that for the first time they felt like really felt that they belong to some group and what they did wasn't uh, seen as something weird or mm. not good enough. Or... The atmosphere is always, always so good. And I get goosebumps when I remember some stories and meaningful changes that ha happened when people saw themselves and felt seen in a concrete way photos sometimes it's almost scary oh no they they're going to do so big changes that am i responsible somehow <laughs> <laughs> but i'm not it's just sometimes it's little things that make makes the change and put the ball rolling i imagine it's the things that people are ready for as well and it's, yeah, yeah. this is yeah. a just a little a new door that yeah kind of just changes how your relation to those things that maybe you've been grappling with maybe through the head knowledge that i'm you know picking up another book and reading another book is this the yeah. answer and, yeah. Um, yeah and that's really interesting that you said how quickly people become comfortable being vulnerable um yeah what do you think what do you think is the source of that i don't know hmm. it just happens really interesting yeah is it i'm just thinking of the the added element of the photography and the creativity in there um and 
you know how different it would be if you were a sort of a group just talking for example and you're talking mm. about the the themes that each week has in them um probably a lot harder to get people to be vulnerable in that way um and yeah. i wonder yeah whether there's the that creative and and you do you create that safe that safe freedom for people to try and not not worry about getting it right because there's no getting it right it's just you know mm. just get on with it and see what happens um and there's something incredibly simple yet massively subversive and different about that in a world that really likes to get things right and really wants to know exactly how how am i supposed to do this um yeah, yeah. and that feels like yeah. yeah it's different with photo yoga yeah i think you're right there because part of uh, the thing with the photo yoga, which we haven't said that full name yet, photo yoga for your mind. For your mind. Yeah. Talked, uh, yeah. <laughs> that yoga part is about moving or your mind, but also your body, like kind of integrating that gentle doing and observing your being to the same package and when you do something and you have that prompt in mind and you actually move physically move it it kind of opens something because you're not just reading and talking and staying put you did something yeah. and there is this photo now you can look at and talk about what it meant for you to take it and how you feel when you look at it yeah. it's the doing part i can do something i actually can do something <laughs> yeah that's really interesting yeah It was at this point in our conversation, I realised, despite my determination before we started to uh, be clear and simple, I hadn't actually asked Tula what photo yoga for your mind is. Maybe it didn't matter because actually the answer was was organically emerging, I think, throughout our discussion. Um, it's one of those experiences that I'm sure everyone who goes through it will have a different answer for as well. So I was intrigued to know really what she thinks it is um, and I found her answer really, really um, helpful and really interesting. I think that's the hardest question. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it is uh, gentle, mindful, stretching of mind by photographing and looking those photos, listening what they bring to surface in us. 
like a nice combination of focusing to ourselves, but at the same time, we stop ruminating and focusing uh, to us so much, too much, but focusing on what we photograph or see in That was a really messy explanation. No, that's really good. Like that's it's good you've... combination of focusing to ourselves, but yeah. at the same time, stop the over thinking yeah by moving that focus to those photos and doing that thing the actual photographing yeah yeah no i think you've I just you've described that really well like it's and i'd not really thought about it in these terms before but it's it's almost a um a kind of oscillation going in in and out in and out like so you know you you have the prompt you take the the photo like of whatever the subject is um you know around around that prompt you sort of notice okay how does it feel as i'm taking that photo and then you have the photo and then you look at the photo and so you've got this external object again and then then you think how do i feel as i'm looking at this photo like what are the what are the thoughts and and feelings that come up there and and it's yeah just that sort of going in inwards which obviously we we do a lot of but but then going outwards as well and um, and i think that's a really key part for especially for yeah. hsps and introverts it's like the uh, going out to the world in in a sort of gentle way um yeah and kind of holding it in in those ways uh, yeah and yeah. what what those things we see in that photo are present in our lives too mm. what's too much what's missing the raising like that. that awareness of yeah, yeah what what needs to change or what's going on around me mm -hmm. what what haven't i noticed uh mm -hmm. what have i taken for granted i suppose there's all sorts of things yeah. that as you look at the photos yeah. it's like, oh yeah actually yeah. <laughs> there's some maybe something i'm really grateful for there that i've never really thought about mm. yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah So I wanted to circle back and pick up on something Tula had said uh, about goosebump stories, not the um, kind by R.L. Stein, is it R.L. Stein, uh, about haunted pancakes and possessed curtains and that kind of thing, uh, but the kind of resonances that occur through hearing and seeing people get something out of something like this course. Um, and I asked her if there were any stories in particular that came to mind um, in that moment as we were talking. I remember one woman who after the first week's second prompt went and quit her job. Whoa. <laughs> yeah, and have nothing. <laughs> kind of just faith. The, she can't continue anymore she she just can't and he she finally realized what feeling free could mean mm -hmm. and it ended well she was without a job maybe i don't remember if it was a few weeks or a few months and she got a really good job really good match 
before her. So it it was a good good thing. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. But maybe most touching are those stories or reflections people write with their first ever selfies. They had the courage to take a selfie and actually look at it. Mm. That's that's something that, that's the goosebump thing. Yeah. <laughs> Still. Yeah, like you just gave just, me goosebumps just yeah, yeah. talking just about those, that. Yeah. There can be tears mm. too. What is it, do you think, about that particular prompt that is so moving and meaningful? Again, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe it is because people who then see those selfies are so accepting and seeing them. It is not like empty. Oh, you look so beautiful and I like, 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 like in Instagram or yeah somewhere because it people take time usually to say something they really mean and people on instagram you comment oh you're so beautiful but when you comment give comment like that in photo yoga you see the beauty in that person and it is not just how they look mm. it is the vulnerability and the honesty they had when they took that photo of themselves and tell how hard it was and how how it felt in general The beauty that we see in other people is not simply what we see on the surface. Having been through the course and done these prompts myself, I know what Tula is talking about here. The selfie we see, our own, others, has this kind of next level of depth to it. Something in the face, behind the eyes. Beauty that comes in something real, not superficial. And so this led us on to talk about the way that she uh, encourages participants of photo yoga to engage and give uh, feedback to one another when they post their images. Except feedback is a word uh, Tula steers clear of, and I can fully understand why. Actually, I don't like to use that word at all. I encourage people to comment, Mm -hmm. but... Uh, not give feedback specifically for, of that photo and definitely not about the situation of that person who shared or his or her uh, experience or what they are struggling with or have, uh, but commenting 
what I see in that photo, what it made me feel and see from my perspective, having my background and my experiences. It is, so it is not about <laughs> that much about the person who shared, mm. but what they made other people's feel. This is such an interesting way to approach a process that allows people to feel seen and accepted. The temptation might be to try validating what the other person uh, must be feeling. You know, you see what they write or see what they've posted and think, yeah, I know uh, like what they must be feeling and I'll, I'll sort of validate that. But the way that we connect to one another in this is by sharing what we see and feel as we look at the photo, what we notice, not uh, praising or critiquing technical brilliance, but sharing the experience of observing their photo in a very simple um, and a very natural way. Yeah. We don't give advice mm. or we, <laughs> we don't uh, grade anything. If it yeah. is a good photo or not a good photo, nothing like that. We, uh, the main thing idea is to look for good things and interesting things not things that are not right mm. or things that could be improved because that's yeah. another, another big <laughs> yeah. thing isn't it of like especially and you that's so interesting that you you sort of don't like that feedback word because I, I think that conjures that sense of you know even positive feedback has a a sense of constructive criticism baked into it mm. or potentially so it's like here like that's a great photo um if you if you want to improve it maybe think about it and it's like that's not that's not the culture of of the of the commenting it's um, yeah no. it's about seeing and respecting and taking what is as it is and mm. and that is it yeah yeah maybe someone asks that kind of feedback yeah then it is okay to give it it is a fine line i i noticed that uh, for me too it is sometimes uh, a bit flaky <laughs> that it can go to that side was this actually commenting <laughs> that person's stuff or did i go too far yeah, but uh, and then you get into overthinking spirals. Yeah. <laughs> go and take yeah. a photo. Just go and take a photo. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But it has been it has been lovely. Yeah, it's really good. It's just having those. Yeah, it is a culture like building that that little micro culture of of actually seeing people and and allowing people the space to express and experiment and try things without fear of um being criticized or feeling criticized or, yeah it's like that's not there's just not that's not part of it at all um, yeah that's a rare gift and yeah. no one is actually monitoring what you're doing <laughs> yeah which is a good thing also for hsp and introverts especially no one is monitoring 
your progress or mm -hmm. anything or creating anything. Photo yoga for your mind started life as a, uh, a course in Finnish and um, Tula continues to run that original Finnish version. Um, but I was really interested to know if she'd noticed any differences between uh, the English and the Finnish version since translating it and creating this, uh, this newer um, English version and whether uh, groups engage differently depending on where they are in the world. Um, it would appear, however, that there are certain things that just simply make us human, connect us as human. There's, there are human experiences um, and human ways of, uh, yeah, kind of engaging with creativity and personal reflection and consciousness and all of that sort of stuff. But then on a practical level, the English version of the course is integrated into the haven. So it has its own environment and infrastructure in that sense, which, as Tula explains, make us, makes a difference um, as well. So the original one was um, the community part is uh, is kind of carried out on Facebook. Um, so she talks about, you know, what, what difference that makes. I don't know. Not that much, actually. Uh, if I think the participants... The joys and struggles and aha moments. No group is the same kind like the other groups have been. But people are people everywhere <laughs> with the same same problems and challenges and wishes and but the difference is maybe there that the English version, the Haven edition is fully in-house experience or should i say in village <laughs> experience <laughs> it somehow makes it uh, even more tranquil and relaxed compared to the finnish version where we're sharing photos and stories in a facebook group because the right. facebook as a surrounding element is always a bit noisy sometimes chaotic and that is missing in a good way missing in the haven mm. because it is so peaceful and creative and supporting and accepting and loving environment in general <laughs> So the course goes through six themes over seven weeks. The first theme is focus. We pause to look at ourselves to really see where and who we are right now. The second week, light and shadows. We hunt shadows and get familiar with their presence in the world. The third week, shutter and shield where we will be identifying the sound that we make behind our shields and recognising how it speaks uniquely through our creative voice. Then week four, story, is where we will reflect on the story that we're writing with our lives, filling in plot holes and adjusting character arcs. Week five, cropping and boundaries, 
would be embracing the spaces, finding the edges, cropping out the unnecessary noise. And the sixth week, editing, post-processing and recovery, where we will be setting habits for processing, learning to recognise what we need, where it's needed and how to find it. Before a week where we wrap up and close the course, bringing everything together, we notice how the end of something is also a new beginning. So each theme has a an introduction uh, where it's kind of explained, you know, what this means, the the kind of uh, I guess the background from the concept as a photography thing, um, and also then how that links to us in the personal development part, the psychology of it, the uh, yeah, the human consciousness. Um, and then there's some supporting resources that help us explore deeper. Um, and then the prompts, the all important prompts that are carefully curated to bring that flow between the inner and the outer world that we described. Tula says there's a really important thing that she encourages everybody to remember when it comes to doing the prompts and then choosing a photo to share. I chose that one photo. And if it feels okay, then share the photo and your reflections to the group. And I always say that challenge yourself when you take the photo and kind of the thinking behind that. But keep yourself in your comfort zone when you share. That's, I've seen that that's, that makes it like, gentle enough to do it that way i love that yeah sort of stretch yourself as you're doing the prompts and Mm. yeah going through those exercises and then when it comes to sharing what you've chosen just yeah yeah Yeah. be be gentle with yourself stay in the comfort zone yeah yeah no need to reveal everything Mm. but what uh, it is always when you share also your reflections, it will give you back more than just put a photo there. That mm. reflection with that photo is makes often so much difference. Why do you think that is? Although we see and we uh, intuitively can pick up things from a photo, but if you have that, maybe the background info, that it is taken in a very meaningful place and why, and it, it, it helps the imagination to process that image it doesn't uh, because we are not after perfect photos so it is it, it is okay to 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 do the, the looking and like that to have that information 
for example, in art exhibitions, I often don't want to look the title of a painting. I want to look the painting first, what it tells to me, because the name of it sometimes changed mm. how I see it. But in photo yoga, I, I, I think it's, it is adding things when you hear the story. Yeah, because I suppose it's a, you know, as much as as we, when we're commenting, we'll share what what it's made us think or feel or whatever. Like it's still about that other person going through that process and taking that photo themselves. So knowing more about you know what that process has been for them, you know, like what is it about that background that is so? Why did they choose that? You know, like. Maybe yeah. there, there isn't a reason, but if there is, then yeah. it's like, oh, wow, yeah, that's... Yeah, yeah. And maybe yeah. find that metaphor from that picture, which is relevant also in our, our lives. Yeah. Now that I see it. That's great, someone yeah, yeah. Had, someone points that out. Yeah. But it's what, I mean, I love, like with my music, I love it when people connect with it in ways that are meaningful to them. And, you know, it's why it's like this lifelong kind of figuring out how to how to talk about my music without sharing too much. Um, you know, I, and I try not to talk about what songs are about, um, but I will give the context of, you know, what what was going on at the time, maybe when this was written, like what where did this come out of um, and maybe certain decisions that were made in the creative process um but i think it's something so important about as the audience as the as the viewer as the listener uh, owning that or being permitted to own your response to it because that's that's part of the art itself that's part of the um yeah the experience of then that thing becoming even more meaningful than it was um, just to the creator and when you give that back to the to the person who's taken that photo when I hear things back from people who have connected to my music in a, in a way like that's a gift and it doesn't feel like um, depending on how people do it um, it might be no that that's definitely about this so well no it's not um, it's ice it, it, the um... <laughs> it's ice <laughs> <laughs> the uh, yeah it's that's a real like it's a really nice thing to to hear but and it might be something that actually connects a dot for me and it's like oh yeah like maybe there's that metaphor um and i've been doing something with my music that i didn't realize i was doing um and something speaking through it that's then being reflected back to me that's like ah oh, yeah that's that's something i really needed to hear um and that's connected something for me. So, yeah, I think that even that kind of the the commenting process is a part of, it's not just commenting on the art, it's part of the artistic creative process itself. So, yeah. 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 And it, often it happens that the person who have taken a photo hasn't realized that there is something that they have chosen 
like mm. subconsciously. Exactly, yeah. And then someone sees that from outside and suddenly it's so clear mm. for the one who took that photo and hadn't seen like that thing in it at all. The atmosphere just is so nice there. People's reflections and their aha moments and changes and things like that. Those first selfies. And... So those aspects that are, yeah. are going to be different for each group and it's kind of like, oh, what's it going to be? What's going to happen here? Yeah. That's, there's a nice sort of <laughs> yeah, expectancy yeah. about that. Yeah. 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 At the beginning of every single group or version or whatever start of the course, I'm I'm sure that it 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 won't happen this time. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure it, it's going <laughs> to some weird place, but it hasn't. Yeah. It hasn't gone to weird places. <laughs> every single, single one has been rewarding and kind of mm. lovely. What's what's a weird place? <laughs> <laughs> no, like, <laughs> it would be a weird place. People not responding like <laughs> they have used to respond mm. and it becoming like a Twitter Everyone just yelling at each other. <laughs> yeah. You become more of a sort of boxing referee trying to split mm. everyone up. <laughs> yeah. That would be a weird place for it. And as we were preparing for this conversation and for this episode, I, I asked Tula whether you know, she had a, a prompt, like an example photo yoga-ish prompt that, that we could maybe use that could translate to a, an audio experience on a podcast, uh, which is not easy when you're, you know, talking about photography. Um, but she came up with a, a really beautiful little exercise that similar to one that we did last year in um, the Haven Courtyard um, to put on a, a session um, about uncovering our hidden selfie. Um, using selfies to uh, just do a bit of self-reflection and also come to a point of grounding and centering in ourselves. And so, yes, yeah, she's provided this prompt. I'm going to talk you through it. And hopefully this translates to audio in a way that um, that you can use. Uh, I would recommend doing this in a quiet place when you've got a moment that you can take to yourself. So what you're going to do is take a quick selfie. Hopefully you've got your phone or a camera to hand. Pick it up, take a quick selfie, just one. Don't pose. Notice and resist if there is that temptation 
to pose. Once you have that photo, look at it. And write down two words. How do you look in that photo? How do you actually feel? You might look happy in the photo but feel tired, for example. Or you might look tired in the photo but you feel curious. Whatever they are, write those two words down. For the next part of the exercise, there'll be a few minutes of music. And during this time, you'll turn your head really slowly. Start with it turned all the way to the right. And then move it as slowly as feels comfortable around to the left. And then once you've done that, back round to the right. Relax any stiffness, be as smooth with your movements as you can. And while your head moves, follow the lines that you notice in front of you. Lines on the wall, the curtains, whatever is in front of you. Just allow your eyes to follow the line. Don't move your head up and down, just allow your eyes to move with the lines wherever they go. And let your eyes pause if you reach some kind of object that catches your attention. At that moment, ask yourself, what is it? Why is it there? Who is it from? And then when you're ready, just continue your journey from right to left. When you reach a natural resting point with your head, turn to the left. Move back in the other direction and do the same thing from left to right. So get yourself into a comfortable, relaxed position and begin.
final part of this exercise, now that you've done that, pick up your camera again and take another selfie. Same as the first time. Just one photo. Don't pose. Don't force it. Then look at the photo and write down two more words. Same questions. How do you look in the photo? How do you feel now? And as we finish, look at the two sets of words. Did it feel like the words matched at the beginning or at the end? Did the words change? Or did they stay the same? Yeah, we we did as you said. We did a exercise similar to that in the in the courtyard, Haven Courtyard last year, and it was just such a. There's a few of us there. Um, it was just such a, an amazing thing to 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 do and to be part of and to share. I think to share it with others at, at the same time as well, and to notice those differences. Um. And for me, just the difference between each selfie that I took and my relationship with both the process of taking it. I remember the first one that I took, I just felt quite self-conscious, even in my own presence. Um, and it's like, what's going on there? Like, yeah, why do I feel and why do I want to take another one and, and make make it look a bit better? And yeah, it's just really fascinating to allow those thoughts as well. It's not, it's not then, okay, I'm going to judge myself for having those thoughts. It's like, uh, let's, let's have a conversation with those, with those thoughts and just kind of notice them and allow them to be, and then carry on anyway and keep pushing, as you said earlier, out of your comfort zone through that process, because it's just the, the potential that you can, that you come into contact with as as the growth and as the aha little experiences um it's huge so yeah thank you for sharing that um and thank you so much for talking about all of this stuff it's like it's been so fast i mean we've known each other for uh nine years now and never really had a proper conversation about photography so <laughs> it's been really great to yeah, have this opportunity to to hear about your relationship with it and your story. Yeah, thank you. Mm. It would be interesting to actually hear you tell me why you decided that Photoyoka is a good match with the Haven. Really I don't. Question, I don't actually. Yeah, I don't actually remember how it happened. No, that Did is you? a re yeah. <laughs> I think. Because I think we did like a a small version of it, didn't we? Um, 
to start with was that or a ver- some kind of version of it a couple of years ago um or like a maybe you... it was out outside the haven that was, was it oh that was yeah, it yeah, yeah yeah um but it just felt it just suits it so much because it's this mixing of creativity and obviously self-reflection self-development and you know that growing awareness of of things like how how we're engaging with the world how we're responding to certain things around us and um certainly with that the link with the high sensitivity as well it just providing like i've always been a a massive advocate of creativity as a as a way of processing um as a way of kind of deeply processing the the noise in the world around us of our experiences of the things that um we kind of encounter in day-to-day life um but also the potential that creativity um has and creative process has in showing us things about ourselves um, which is exactly what this is um and you know, I've been very aware the last couple of years that there is so much, there is so much advice about that. Like we, we all know countless things about what we should do. <laughs> and, you know, we, I'll just read one more book. I'll go on one more course. That's going to tell me uh, what I need to do. And actually when I find things that give you that experience in the thing itself. So in the course itself, you're actually, you're actually doing the thing without it feeling like you're doing the thing it's just it's all integrated um to me that's that's really what's what's needed um yeah i think we have enough sort of knowledge it's more the i mean so often isn't it the speak to people who's like yeah i i just can't seem to get myself to do the thing i really want to do or to like get over that hurdle and it's like you you'll do that through photo yoga without even realizing you're doing it Uh, yeah (laughs) yeah, i really love that yeah you sort of turn turn around like hold on a second i've you know i've been taking photos and i've I've learned all these things about myself and you know i've been engaging with a community and it again it's like the community engagement and through the commenting and receiving comments from others like that that sort of uh, alleviating of of loneliness through that is huge um but it also doesn't feel like there's a there's a structure to it so it's not you don't have to overthink it you don't have to be like how am i going to talk to someone how how do i make friends i don't know how to do this it's like it just happens so i think that's yeah why and why it just lends itself within the haven perfectly because it's almost that's what we do (laughs) so yeah it's kind of like another little way of or big way profound way of uh yeah kind of exploring those things that are already within the culture within uh and certainly within my vision and the hopes that i have for that community as well so yeah yeah sounds good i feel honored that you accepted because the (laughs) <laughs> because the content generally in Haven is so high quality. So well it's even more high quality. Now I've got photo yeah. in there, so. <laughs> No. <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, yes. 
Oh, it's brilliant. So, I mean, just to finish, like, who would you encourage to come on a photo yoga journey? Like, if someone's listening now and they're like, "Oh, that sounds sounds kind of interesting," I don't know. I don't know whether should I or should I not. Uh, I think photo yoga is someone like we have talked about who wants to find a new way uh, to gently and mindfully observe what is happening inside and outside them who is also interested in using photography as a creative tool to catch and recognize their emotions and needs and to actually stop for a moment to make those sticky things move again. And what I've noticed that it is so... It is also for those who need a permission to take time for themselves and play a little. And there are those prompts which gives you that permission and allows you or almost makes you do silly things sometimes or liberating things, playful things like dancing alone on the beach in early hours and taking photo while doing it because there is that prompt yeah it's for that uh that's a kind of good mixture of that good girl or good boy and childlike playfulness um, being sensitive is definitely strength on this journey if it's very well for introverts, as you can choose how much you're willing to share. Um, also, I've noticed there are there are people participating who maybe have thought that they are not creative at all. But then suddenly realize that, hey, I created that from some hidden creative core of mine. And it might be the personal style or sound, like I like to call it, that comes suddenly alive. Yeah. Photos are only part of the subject and the other part is a reflection of the photographer always how they see things and choices they make one thing that maybe should be mentioned that people who participate don't have to be uh, photographers because that's not the thing yeah. actually here not the gear not the technicalities it's it's just taking those photos with whatever you have mm -hmm. i use only phone phone cameras yeah. phones so that's not a thing and there i don't teach anything like technicalities i've taken all those bits away actually from from that original version yeah and again that's kind of that's there if people 
if people are interested in i'd really like to know some technicalities you just ask but it's not that's yeah. not the course yeah yeah and there are loads and loads yeah courses for that yes exactly and i don't want to actually mix that yeah the photo yoga yeah i think that's really really what makes it so amazing actually yeah it's what's missing <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah yeah do what you can with what you've got absolutely and i think <laughs> as you say like the i think the fact that we all do or most of us do carry a photo uh, a camera around with us all the time mm. makes photography the accessible form of creativity as well um even more than like a pen and paper <laughs> so yeah, yeah yeah there are yeah. usually about 50 percent those who use dsl yeah. and, uh, and those who use phones i'll be using my phone me too great well Tula, thank you so much thank you andy We first ran the in-house Haven edition of Photo Yoga for Your Mind in 2022. It was an amazing experience putting it all together. Uh, it took a lot of time. It took a lot of effort. It took a lot of uh, emails back and forth um, to get it kind of looking and feeling right. But it's one of those things that I look at now and I think, oh man, I'm so, so glad that we um, made the space for this here, that we put that effort into getting it um getting it right really um you know it's a a course that we usually run during the summer um and i honestly cannot recommend it highly enough it's actually not just a course in fact course is a, a word that really doesn't do it justice at all it's it's an invitation to journey into an adventure it will change how you see what you see and how you feel about those things um so if this sounds like something you need right now i, I would just really implore you to come and join us for the next one um there's a link in the show notes that you can uh, find or if you just go to the hyphen haven.co that's the uh, dash haven.co um, and uh, find the photo yoga section on the home page there a huge thank you to tula for sitting down to chat with me i know it's not something that she really does <laughs> very often if ever um, and so, yeah, I really appreciate her willingness to do that and um, her openness in sharing what she shared. It's been so much fun to put this together. Uh, I could honestly talk about the gentle power of creativity like this all day, every day. Um, so, yes, I'm thank you for listening and, and uh, indulging this. And I hope you found this uh, inspiring um, and encouraging in your own um, journeys as well. So. Yeah, I will uh, leave it there. Until next time, do remember that even when it appears not to be, gentleness with a firm back and a soft front is always hiding, lurking. It's always a possibility somewhere in any situation. Um, if you let it be. Okay, I'll speak to you soon. Take care. Bye-bye.